I felt very embarrassed about doing parkour to start with because I couldn't show anything. I couldn't do any backflips. I couldn't do anything that was impressive. So people would be like, well, what, what are you even doing then? Um, and so I think that I kind of, the bridge became my own small world of where I could be myself and be authentic because no one was watching. Hi, Luis here. Glad that you stopped by. On today's episode of Swapping Shoes, I had the pleasure to talk to Sun Kopak, a passionate and experienced tracer and coach based in York, England. Sam is also hosting a great podcast project called Parkour Coach Companion, focused on connecting PK education and spread a meaningful message. We swapped suites and you can listen to him interviewing me on his podcast. You can follow the link on the description to listen to it. For now, this is Swapping Shoes with Sun Kopak. Hello, Sam. Welcome to Swapping Shoes. How are you doing, man? Hello, man. Hello. I'm excited. I'm, I feel very honored to be here, especially after seeing all the people you've had on. So I'm, I'm very excited. <laughs> cool. Yeah, man. It's been a pleasure, right? It's a funny thing. So many parkour podcasts are online now. That's, let, let's start straight up from there. You also have a, a parkour okay, podcast, okay. right? You have a parkour coach companion. Yeah, man. It's very different to the other podcasts that are usually just uh, sitting and chatting and talking about why I do parkour and why I love it. Yours is is very um, straight and pointing towards coaching. How did the story come up? How did this... Uh... Yeah, man. Well, I've been coaching for a while now and I started to realize that I wasn't hearing much uh, communication between coaches. Like people kind of coaching here, coaching there, and there didn't seem too much connection. So I actually didn't, I didn't think about starting a podcast. Um, it wasn't in my head at all. I just kind of started to film a few clips of people getting some, getting some thoughts on their coaching. So I, I did like an interview with Flynn Disney in London and um, that went really well. And I was like, actually, this is, this is super interesting. This is really interesting. There's so much value in what people have to say about coaching and it's just not being expressed, it's not being shared. So eventually, yeah, I started kind of um, exploring like different ways of, of uh, filming and, and um, kind of uh, getting different bits from, from different coaches. And I, I, just, I just made the first, first podcast uh, with Jack Colin Bartlett actually, a really good, really good friend of mine uh, from Coventry. And, um, it just it just went well and I was like do you know what I'm gonna go for this so now I'm just like <laughs> absolutely going for it it's brought me so much and I'm I'm really excited that in in especially in lockdown that um, I can actually meet new people and, and and get to know them and get to hear what they're about with their coaching and their approach and yeah I'm blessed yeah. man it's, it's great it's really great that's cool that's cool it's very great indeed um, it's it's now it feels like there's so many podcasts one person can just spend the whole day instead of listening to music they can just listen to parkour podcasts and get some information in um, mm. so the you were saying that there was not a communication between the coaches and I completely agree with that I was actually just listening right now to the podcast of uh, Dom uh, Tomato and Camila and he just said that uh, 
he didn't know how much was behind the road of parkour coaching because pretty much what everyone sees of the parkour community is what is on Instagram and it's the crazy clips of people doing crazy things the people with a lot of reach and there's a lot going on in the road of parkour coaching right and what do you think like except from the podcast what do you think would be the best way to get all of this like a more like a unified um like a union like a like a collision a group like a universal thing or do you ever actually think is this necessary to have a universal coaching system mm. that's a good question it's something that i've been asking people i've been asking coaches whether they they think like having a, a a syllabus a parkour syllabus or a curriculum would be a good idea and it's interesting to hear that some coaches are like well yeah maybe it'd be useful because it it might help coaches who are coming into the sport um, kind of have some some building blocks to work with because it's not we don't really know what to work with at the moment uh, there's not much written material that's helpful um, mm -hmm. but at the same time I've also spoken to coaches who are very independent and very in their own set way of, of coaching and they you know they they kind of uh, think that more structure and more um, kind of a more streamlined approach could actually take away from the individuality of not just them as coaches and personalities, but their students and how to properly teach their students individually with for their individual yeah. needs. Um, so I think it's I think it's a it's a it's an interesting one. I've not had a clear kind of idea about that yet. I'd love to see more events, man. Like it's great to have um, you know big parkour events where we we move, we jump around. Yeah. But it'd be great to have some coaching events, like just getting, yeah, to get, just getting together and having some workshops. I just want to hear people that's and really, see what happens. Yeah, That's a very good idea. Like you have, uh, in music, they have none, a music event in Miami, Los Angeles, I don't know, somewhere in America. And they have all these different um, music shops. People can get all these different, uh, try the instruments and there's all the big musicians they go there and they try instruments together but they have tons of master classes right and i imagine a place like this like i for a lot of movement but i for a lot of coaching movement and you have all these little <laughs> stands and like a schedule with different uh, academies and different coaches who want to present yeah. a little bit of their work and share experiences and mm. that would be a really really cool idea it's true Mm. Yeah, I also I believe that it's not necessary to have this universal um, coaching system also because parkour is so broad and it's, it's it's very difficult to just say like oh this is the correct way of training that's the correct way of training because people even get into parkour for different reasons um, it's not everyone who's getting into parkour to become a great athlete or to become a coach or anything mm -hmm. but But I, I believe that it's needed to have at least a, a block, like a building block, as you were saying, mm. the first one. I think that's necessary to build. And also just to, to understand a bit more about where each other is coming from, you know, like I think it's easy to see movement from around the world, but you don't always see coaching from around the world. And there's, there's lots of different styles of coaching. And just imagine like having an event where people can have their own stand or their own workshop and say like, hey, I'm Sam, I'm from York. This is my little city that I'm, I'm from in the, in the north of England, that sort of thing. And people would find that interesting, man, because 
Yeah, like even at jams, you know, it's not always easy to talk to people. And I think that having a kind of more of a talking event, obviously, you know, there's going to be training at some point. <laughs> yeah, of people will jump around uh, at, the, at the drop of a hat. But like, I just think, yeah, there's there's so much space, man. We've got so much space here. And like you said, there's there's a lot of uh, parkour podcasts kind of cropping up now. And um, I mean, my main aim is to wipe out all the competition, obviously, but <laughs> no, I'm joking, <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, but it's, it's great that people are trying to get more uh, connected and hear from each other. Um, there's so many stories, man. Think how many stories there are in parkour. Why, why are there not more books? <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's new, it's new. We're building it right now, right? Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's great. It's our job, everyone's job to do it. Mm. Um, so tell me a little bit about you. So you're saying you're Sam from York. How long have <laughs> you been training parkour? How long? Yeah, well, I think, I, I think I'm on my 13th year now. So I've been training since about 2008, I believe. Um, and yeah, I actually started training in an even smaller place. I, I started training in a, in a village called Sinnington. And Sinnington has about 280 uh, residence. It's a very small uh, village in like the middle of nowhere, and uh, has this beautiful river running through it called the River Seven. And running across uh, this this river is a is a bridge, and this bridge was right near my house, and it was my first spot. You know, it was my first place mm -hmm. to train, and I learned so much from training by myself for hours and hours and hours and it's such a quiet place with the river running next to you it's just unbelievably peaceful <laughs> and I, I kind of I actually only connected this in my head the other day but in a way like that place the bridge the river it's kind of if I it's kind of the center point of my life like because <laughs> from from training there and from understanding more about movement and about fear and about surfaces and about my own ability I just everything kind of stems from that place mm -hmm. and you know my whole parkour journey has stemmed from this lovely one I mean people go there and, and ask like where's the spot because <laughs> mm -hmm. there's 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 only a few rails and things but but back then that was all all, all I needed and it taught me a lot about it taught me a lot about um solitude I didn't really have anyone to train with it taught me a lot about um about falling about uh about what I could do about what maybe I could do you know seeing mm -hmm. seeing potential and yeah, yeah. and and it, 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 I'm, I'm so blessed that like that do I, you still I go there sometimes <laughs> um I, I tell you what I haven't trained there in a while and I, I'm, I've been desperate to but I mean with the the pandemic I've not been able to travel that much but um, I would love to go back and make like a, a proper video because all my early videos are me with like floppy hair <laughs> in, in jeans trying to trying to do stuff and I'd like to make like a a nice uh, kind of uh, I don't know like a reunion video with the spot because it, it means a lot to me so <laughs> yeah, yeah we are very attached to our spots aren't we yeah we are man there are there are homes you know there there are they're like <laughs> they're like our sanctuaries. Like you've got chaos, right? Yeah, man. It's my my baby's here on my arm, tattooed. Mm, really? <laughs> it's oh. my home. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's my home. It's my home for sure. <laughs> it's uh, it's my peaceful place. I also mm. learn how to. 
to connect to myself and to the sport and to communicate with feelings and and it's where I met a lot of people also it is a place that inspires and motivates me it, it's my home and I go there I feel more comfortable than any other place in the world mm. so it's very so I, I can feel a little bit of course I cannot feel what you're feeling but I I can uh, sympathize with your with your feeling about one spot please don't let it go man don't let this feeling go try to connect to it it's good it's mm. going to be good for your soul Go go back there to the bridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I Just will. to chill, man. So like drive your car there for a second. <laughs> sit, sit down, meditate a bit, take some photos. Yes. Relax. Must be a beautiful place. And yes. as you were saying that you were it taught you a lot about solitude. It's a very different setting from what people expect and from what people search for in the parkour community. Is this um uh, is always like this <clears throat> sorry these jams with a lot of people and yeah. uh, kind of loud music and people screaming yeah poof, poof, let's go let's go <laughs> um, let's go go is boy that, <laughs> is that something you you you, you would like to uh, you can talk you tell me a little bit about it too is that something about mm. your personality that is included in parkour or is that something that you is parkour for you a quiet sport Mm. So this is the interesting bit because I feel like my personality is generally, well, hopefully, uh, quite calm and level-headed. But what's interesting is like, did the spot kind of um, appeal to me because of my personality or did the spot make me? Like, did the spot make me this person I am? Because I spent so much time there. And like I said, it was... The, the Sinnington, the village, there's no young people. There's no one to, to vibe off. There's no one, there's no loud music. It's just the river. There's nothing else. And, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it sounds kind of romantic, but I've, I've been so, I'm so lucky that I can say that. I think that I, hmm, well, I think that maybe part of it is that I initially felt very embarrassed about doing parkour. And this is something that I'm sure a lot of people have felt, you know, um, mm -hmm. I felt very embarrassed about doing parkour to start with because I couldn't show anything. I couldn't do any backflips. I couldn't do anything that was impressive. So people would be like, well, what, what are you even doing then? Um, and so I think that I kind of, the bridge became my own small world of where I could be myself and be authentic because no one was watching. <laughs> there wasn't there, I didn't have to worry like you kind of maybe do more in cities where it's kind of a bit uh, you feel a bit pressured because there's there's pedestrians walking around here there's silence there's nothing mm -hmm. I would go out in the dark and there'd just be a, a street lamp and I'd just go and train on the rails and sometimes my cat would come and crawl and balance along with me and things like this <laughs> and uh, yeah it taught me it 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 was maybe just a very healthy space for me to to have this my own world and uh yeah maybe that helped my me become slowly more confident in being myself and and saying like i am i remember writing my diary like sam you need to be proud of doing parkour man like you can't <laughs> you can't just spend your whole life like wondering what people will think so yeah now I, now i'm i'm super you know I coached parkour. It's the opposite. I'm telling people how how wonderful <laughs> this thing is. So, I, I'm, yeah, it's, it's a good question. So it was a place for you to adapt, also, right? That's a 
I have a little story, yeah. So I really got into balance because there's a at the spot the bridge there's like four rails and they're different kind of shapes and stuff and I would set myself the challenge of like can I balance from one end of the rail to the other and at first this was impossible I didn't understand I thought that balance was like something that other people did and that other people were good at slowly I, st I practiced more and realized that I could get there and back and I started to really get into it I really love balance I would go out I would try it barefoot I would try it um, in the dark I would try it you know this that whatever and um, I found a lot of joy in, in balance because I realized I was quite good at it and so I, I started to push my level with balance uh, and I and uh, it ended up quite badly actually so there's this <laughs> there's this there's this rail and uh, I, I was just I was I was training forward balance, sideways balance, backwards balance, cap balance. And I was thinking, how can I make this harder? So I tried doing it barefoot, and that was uh, actually in some ways easier, fun enough. And then I tried it in the wet. So I tried it when it was raining. So I got my shoes on, and you could hear like the squeak, you know, the squeak of your shoes on the, on the, on the rail. And, and I was like, hmm. Well, I'm going to take it slowly and see if I can do it. Ah, yeah. So I started balancing here in the squeak. I could feel the slight shift in my feet just from the, the slipperiness. And I got to one side. Okay, cool. I can do it. And then tried again and came back to where mm -hmm. I started. Ah, okay. I've done this. So that, does that mean that the rain doesn't affect me? Okay, cool. And this time I was like, 17 or something like that. So I thought, right, okay, let's train in the rain more. So I started doing it in the rain more and I got more comfortable with the rain. And then that became a bit easy. So I was like, mm -hmm. how can I make this harder? So then it snowed. <laughs> mm -hmm. It snowed and the, the rail was like sparkling. It was icy, you know? And it had this oh. like fat layer of snow on the top of it. And uh, I was like, okay, cool. So mm -hmm. this, this is the next step then, mm -hmm. this is the next step. <laughs> and I thought, oh, but the thing is, just for people listening, it sounds kind of crazy, but like at this point in time, having seen people like Ilabaco and people that were, were pushing the sport, I didn't really, there was a sense of like journey into the unknown, which I'd never felt before. Like, mm -hmm. I genuinely wasn't quite sure about what people could do because I was seeing so many amazing things. And so this led me to this sense yeah. of like, kind of like reality, like uh, shifting that I was like, yeah. wait, what actually can we do? Like, what what can the body do? So anyway, this just to, just to give some context for why I did this, this stupid thing. So like, uh, it was night as well. I went out at night and there's this, there's this fat yeah. layer of snow on top of this rail. I climbed on top of the rail. I could hear this like shifting, mm -hmm. this crunching of the snow. I was like, oh my God. And um, I took one step. I was like, okay, I'll take it a step. It's okay. <laughs> and then the next step, I don't remember because I, I shifted my weight forwards, fell forwards. It's like really fast, really fast, oh. and landed like on my chest and on my wrist. 
And uh, yeah, it, 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 like, I kind of was so shocked because I was in this very calm space. I was so mm -hmm. shocked and suddenly everything was like 100%. And I kind of like yeah. rolled over and I was like, fuck, fuck, fuck. And like kind of ran over to the side and sat down like on the wall. And my heart was like thundering. And yeah. I was like, shit, my wrist, if I've broken my wrist, what's happened? And luckily I hadn't broken it, but I, it taught me a huge lesson. And it was like, damn, you, you need to... You need to try again. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on. You fall. Try again. You could have done it. You could have made it. I know you could. You know you could too, right? You have to go back to the bridge and do the snow walk. Come on. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> um, maybe one day. Maybe one day. Okay. What is the lesson? Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. What is the lesson? <laughs> so, yeah. It taught, it taught me that there's a, there's a, there's a, a, time, to, a time to stop. There's a there's a there's some mm -hmm. conditions which which you need more care you know you need to you aren't invincible and you aren't uh, you aren't mm -hmm. um, all powerful there's uh, so it, it was that's a it was a great experience and and uh, oh may, maybe one day uh, I'll try again but <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> yeah, yeah you have to you have to you know that. <laughs> uh, The thing is that people think that parkour is um, very dangerous. If you don't know parkour, it's like, oh, parkour is so dangerous. Oh, my God. You guys are crazy jumping off rooftops. How can you not break your legs when you jump off this four meters high wall? And then when you do parkour, you actually know that it's not dangerous. Like, you can do it in forever without ever having an accident if you, if you take good care. But the problem about parkour is not you, it's the roads. So the snow there was the biggest problem, right? <laughs> If you don't check your landing, then you're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's very difficult. But thank you for sharing the story. Uh, when was that? When was this uh, slip? Yeah, so I, I was, I must have been training for maybe three years. So I was probably like, mm -hmm. eight, yeah, maybe 17, 18, maybe. So it was, a, it was a while ago now. I'm 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 27 now, so it was a long time ago. Um mm. but um yeah, I, I <laughs> it was a it was almost like a, a coach telling me off, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Know your limits. Um and how important is balance for you on your coaching? Yeah. So I actually think well, I had a, a bit of a a mantra for a while that balance is without balance then okay sorry no with balance with good balance um a lot of other things fall into place i think that balance can help mm -hmm. your sense of awareness your sense of concentration your sense of touch because you can't you can't balance uh badly if that makes sense you can't uh, mm -hmm. cross your feet all over the place and And stay and stay on. Um, so I, I actually I really like balance for for coaching, and it's not the not the most um, it's not the craziest thing to do, but I think that I always mm -hmm. I always really respect people with good balance because um, I just think it gives them a a, a sense of like uh, solidity in their movement, um, mm -hmm. being being able to balance and understand the space and be able to to adjust and move. I think it's I think it's super important. Um, so 
I don't just teach balance. <laughs> like there's uh, obviously yeah, other course, stuff, but I think for kids, um, it can also represent a good a good way of getting them to focus. Um, yeah, it's not always easy to get kids to focus, and balance uh, intrinsically requires focus. So, I, I think it's useful. Mm. I think it's really useful. Very useful, yeah. Um, and what are your your demographics like? Where do you coach usually? Do you coach in a gym or do you coach outside? Or? Yeah, yeah. So um, I taught with a when I first started getting into coaching. I uh, in York, I was teaching with a gymnastics club, and so I was teaching mm-hmm. mainly gymnastics. And then they were like, "Okay, well, you're a parkour coach. You can you can teach a couple of sessions a week." And that was mm-hmm. that was my kind of way in. Um, which was brilliant. Uh, now I teach in a, a Ninja Warrior facility in York. So it's called mm-hmm. um, Agility. And it's a, it's an interesting place. It's a huge warehouse with kind of two massive courses that are like Ninja mm-hmm. Warrior style. So there's kind of like uh, you know, the hoop swings and there's the rope swings and there's all the, the like Tic Tacs and things like that. And um, it's a it's a it's a huge place and they basically have these two studios at the back of the room and they said to me they yeah. approached me and were like we, we heard you're a parkour coach um would you like your own studio to teach parkour and i was like yes yes i would <laughs> thank you thank you so i I'm, I'm very lucky in that i i kind of have my own small studio now where i teach uh kids so i teach mm-hmm. um from like age seven to sort of 15, 16. Um, and that's mm-hmm. my main body of coaching. I, I, I actually find coaching kids easier than teaching uh, like old wow. people now in some ways because I'm so used to it and mm-hmm. it's, it comes with, it, you know, you, you have to, you get very used to a, a style, very used to a persona. Um, but I also teach mm-hmm. privately. I have a, a couple of gentlemen who are in their late 30s now. And I teach mm-hmm. them on the street, and that's uh, that's great. Oh, it's so good to see. Really, really good to see. I want. I'd love to teach more adults and people that just think they've they've uh, they've given up. You know, uh, I would love to teach more. It's so hard to train kids, man. <laughs> I prefer so much more to coach uh, uh, older people mm. because sometimes kids are not even into learning parkour. Oh yeah. They are not into the training. They just want the result. And also, the, sometimes the parents just put them in a, like a school. So they spend some energy because they're interested on the parkour videos they see on YouTube of late for school shit. <laughs> and this, the parents think, oh, this is going to work out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so the, it's so hard to get kids to be uh, in focus. How do you, how do you manage that? Mm. Kids to be focused. Yeah, well, attention from the student is kind of like the the putty that you can mold yeah it's like the clay that you can mold i think and i think there's different ways of doing it i think that in in many ways saying okay this is a parkour lesson we're going to learn this we're going to learn this we're going to learn this in some ways i think you have to be a bit stealthier i think you have to you have to teach by stealth so, for example, I, I teach quite a lot, I, I use quite a lot of movement games and stealthy ways of involving aspects of parkour without making it obvious that, like, this is this, this is this. Like Mr. Miyag saying, uh, like, paint the fence, wash the car, walks the car, walks out, walks in. Oh, yeah. 
So yeah, I, I, I teach, a, I do a lot of kind of movement-based games. I think that there's this, I have a sense in the parkour coaching world that like the coaches think um, everyone should do parkour. Parkour is for everyone. And I actually, I don't think that's the case. I think that in an ideal world, it'd be lovely if we could have more people doing parkour. But like you said, there's going to be kids that show up and they, they're not interested and they've been dropped off by their parents and you can try to help them but you have to be you have to uh be solid as a coach you can't you can't compromise your yourself uh, for people that don't want to learn and in some ways in some ways um so yeah uh, i i do i do a lot of movement games you know like have you heard of the have you ever played metal gear solid yeah yeah so um i play like a metal gear solid game where we have loads of equipment all out and they're all like in jail sort of thing in, in, mm -hmm. in, in quote, in quotes. And me and my, my assistant coach, Hector, we have to be the guards and we have to, we have to walk in a certain pattern and we have that, we have our, our hands by our eyes like this. So people listening, like if you hold your, if you hold your hands right up to the sides of your eyes, you create like a, 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 a linear path of looking. Yeah. And so we walk and, and all the kids are like, we, we give them a rule that you're only allowed to move on the floor, you know, like you have to use floor movement. Mm -hmm. And so they're crouching, they're hiding. And I think mm -hmm. that kids love being sneaky. Okay. So if you can, <laughs> if you can give them an, if you can give them a space to be sneaky that involves parkour movements, I think that's super, that that's kind of, that's kind of good stuff. Because it do, yeah. it doesn't require any effort on their part to be sneaky, they will they will they will <laughs> just do it. You know they they love it. So they're they're rolling around, they're looking around corners, and um, they're trying to find all the the treasure as we call it. They're trying to bring the treasure back to the jail or whatever. So that's a, that's a that's one little game that we play. But um, I think that the way you speak, the way that you um, the way that you group the kids, I think that the way that you structure the lesson, all these things are very important. And it's something mm -hmm. that if you if you are into coaching, I think you have a responsibility to to think about through these things. You need to break it down to like, how am I speaking? You know? Yeah. You need to think like yes, yes. Am I speaking too much? Am I am I am mm -hmm. I too quiet? Am I too loud? Um I think that you have to you have to take coaching as a craft in the same way that your your training is a craft. You, you mm -hmm. gotta, you gotta. When something works, you gotta, you gotta remember that shit. You can't just like mm -hmm. think, oh yeah, lesson's over now. Let's go home. Let's eat some pizza. Like it, you, you gotta think a little bit, a little bit further. Um, so that that's that's kind of my understanding. But I'm always learning, man. I, I'm I I want to find out more methods. I want to understand how we can help more kids. And yeah. it, it was something I was saying to a friend yesterday. It's like, I think a, a major goal with coaching children and young people is getting them to what I would call the tipping point. And this is maybe when they are just coming into their teenage years, but it might not be. And what I would say is when you're at the tipping point, I don't need to teach you anymore. You could, <laughs> at the tipping point, they're so infused by parkour. They're so uh, excited. 
that they they go out and find stuff for themselves like we did when we started you know mm-hmm. and when they got when you got to that point that's the good stuff man because then yeah. they're on their autonomous independent journey you know yeah and and that's that's so beautiful because then they become part of the community that's how we build communities yeah, yeah. man and um my aim is to help them get to this point ah okay cool that's nice so you're, you're more like you really enjoy you really enjoy this uh the foundation building for a kid for for a parkour practitioner somehow and you want them to just become independent practitioners is more like your focus you show them how fun it is with the games and using your communication and stuff like that. And how do you implement, for example, in this stealth game, how can you implement, like, if you use this vault here, this technique here, you would become, uh, you can move faster on the game. Do you play like this or? Yeah, sometimes. So I think that, yeah, uh, initially constraints are very, very useful for, for, for kids, you know. You can you can get from here to here, but you're not allowed to do this. Or you can get yeah. from here to here, and you can only do this. Mm-hmm. These constraints, something that Dan Edwards was talking about to me um, when I did a podcast with him, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's very, very useful. You can, constraints help the child focus. And so, yeah, for example, vaults, you could say, okay, guys, you're allowed to go and sneak around and you have to try and find the, the treasure, but you have to use one step vault before you get here and back, you know, things like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, have yeah. to, you have to do one, uh, one roll or you have to do uh, one uh, like five second balance, something, something like that. I'm just making it up on my, on, in my head. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. What you mean. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's good. Um, and now you were talking about Dan Edwards also, and I was thinking about the parkour generations training and this type of stuff. Do you do you do you focus at any point on bringing this old yamakaze type of parkour training with a lot of conditioning to your kids or to your students, or this is something that you're not very interested in? It's mm. a good. It's a good question. Um, hmm. So I think that my aim with coaching is to I, f- I feel a little bit like a middle child like uh it's kind of like what j cole says like in it <laughs> in one of his songs i feel a little bit in between the kind of the founders and like the new school kind of because of my age and kind of when i got into parkour so for me i th- i think that it's the values that the yamakaze kind of um talked about and embodied you know the, the, the these things which are mantras of parkour now uh once is never be strong to be useful etra four poeta utero these things like mm-hmm. um th- these are th- i have to show some level of respect for these things i just i i, I just mm-hmm. i just think it's important i think that with something so new and so young we have to pay some sort of respect to the to to people that have they've started this whole thing. Um, I, I, I truly believe that is important. So just adding some of those things into my coaching is, is, I think it's good. At the same time though, I'm definitely not uh, super prescriptive with coaching. And, I, and to be honest, I think, we've, I think that the parkour community, community has moved a long way from 
from doing a thousand lunges in a row and things like this. Yeah. I think that there's great value in uh, the mental uh, resilience side of, yeah. of doing these, these uh, I guess you could say the, the, the old school or the parkour generations way of doing things. I think there's great value in them sometimes, but just doing that, I think yeah. we've moved a lot. I think we've moved away from this. I think that, you know, weight training, um, you'll remember this probably, training with weights and squats and deadlifts, that used to be kind of taboo in parkour. Like, it, mm-hmm. it wasn't really like, it was all about kind of calisthenics. It wasn't, if you went to the gym, it was kind of a, what's the word? I don't know. It was just, it was kind of taboo. It wasn't really seen as the way to get strong. Whereas now, you know, you look at people like, uh, yeah. Daryl Stingley, you look at people like uh, Tim Champion, you look at Ed Scott and Tom Taylor and these beasts, man, they're, and they are, like Callum, they are pushing weight, man, and it's working. Yeah. And for injuries as well. So, in terms of in terms of coaching, I, I do teach some conditioning, um, but again, I quite like to make it stealthy. You know, like mm-hmm. uh, making, for example, oh, here's a good one. So I, I was thinking about kind of um, like overhead arm strength sort of thing. And um, I gave them the challenge of, of, as a group, lifting this big mat, this heavy mat. And they had, to, yeah. they had to all lift it up and try and get it over a set of kind of vault boxes. Cool. And, nice, and, nice, and, nice, and, nice. and they were... We used to do this in the jump run. Oh, nice, nice. And they were, you know, they were heaving. They were, they were having to, to lift these things and start to... But, so it was nice because it was a little bit old school in the, in the way that it was like a group challenge. Like, yes, we can do this together. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm starting to just just put in those those building blocks of weight of weight training and and and, and lifting yeah. because I, I think I think they work, man. Whether it's injuries or getting stronger, like <laughs> weight training. Works. I have mixed feelings, man. Oh. I always have. <laughs> I. I <laughs> Someone proved me wrong. I don't know if they work so much. They can make you strong, but I don't know if that's the way for parkour. Interesting. I don't know. Interesting. I don't know. Like, the thing is, you can see it makes you strong, of course, definitely. And it probably beneficial, even if you don't do parkour, if you do parkour. But is it the thing that is going to make you a different or better athlete in parkour than other types of training? I think we compress too much in parkour. We jump too much. It's too much impact. It's too much of landing. It's too much of now carrying weights. It's too much of when you run, when you jump, everything is just pressing your body down. You have gravity and it's like squeezing you to the floor. I think that we have to decompress. Interesting. I think that's what is missing on parkour. Uh, I asked this to Robin. Uh, yes, Robin Link. I was like, I sent him a voice message because I was thinking about it. Yo, Robin, don't you think that we're squeezing ourselves too much into the ground and with gravity and with jumping and with weight lifting? Don't we have to decompress? And he said, we do it when we sleep, but we don't actually actively train it. Uh, hmm. Interesting. And then if, and if you see it also, everyone gets injured, man. It doesn't completely work, like fully work, like it's going to save your life, weight lifting. Yeah. I think it's a whole... There's a bigger program on mm. you, things you have to do. For me, for longevity, nothing helps more than yoga, for sure. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was weightlifting, my body was not as good as with a regular yoga training. Uh, 
Okay, interesting. When I when I was weightlifting, I was not jumping as much as I was jumping only because I was light and I was really stretchy. You know, it was like a mm. I have mixed feelings. I think I think I think I think I, I need, <laughs> we need someone to do a, a PhD to and like a really long research, like a ten years research, to see if it's actually that beneficial. Okay, well I have I have my I have my bets on that one. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bring it to me. Tell me. Tell me. <laughs> I, I I think um, I think that's an interesting point about decompression. I think that reminds me of something that Ido Portal was saying about like um, you know everyone's so hunched. You know, like we're kind of in this horrible hunched laptop kind of yeah. gremlin like type style. Right yeah. <laughs> And he was saying, he was just talking about the, the benefits of, of, of passive hanging, you know, like kind of getting into extension and just allowing ourselves a bit of a break from being hunched. I, I think that's, I think that's a valid point. Um, but my, my, if I was going to put money on what you just said, I would say that uh, there, I, I would, I would favor, I would favor uh, weight training. I think that, um, I think that it, the proclivity for for strength and for injury management, um, it is 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 much greater with weight training, and that's something that I've I, I've felt personally. Like I have had injuries, and weight training has helped that, and I've I've been lucky enough to, to have some programs. You know, with like um, I've tried like uh, programs from Chris Scott, a really really uh, strong guy, and Tom Taylor as well, and. Um, yeah, I've, I found that my legs feel uh, really robust, really stable with my landings. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I think that my, my bet would be on, on the weight training. But I think it's a, I think that also yeah. like, uh, yeah, like it's interesting that... I think it's both. Mm. You know, I think that is weight, weight training is really important. And it can be very, very beneficial. But I think that we overlook um, stretching and mobility and... Because parkour is not weight training, man. It's body weight the whole time. And most part of the exercises that we do are, are just like overstretching or being finding range in these really weird positions. Like a speed step, man. A speed step is stretching your body in a really weird way. If you're pushing to go far the, or a lazy or a dash vault or just a standing precision mm -hmm. jump, it's really pushing your body in a really, really weird way. Mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. feel like we, we overlook a little bit of the mobility side of training, you know, mm -hmm. how many more athletes are training for a very, very long time for being um, um, very mobile and very light mm -hmm. and then being heavy and being too robust. Yeah, it's a which one is better. It, it depends what you want. It depends on what you want to get out of parkour. I think that if you. Yeah, it, it depends on what movements you're pursuing. I mean, I, I'm I'm saying all this and you know, I'm speaking with Louise Alkmin, who's an incredible athlete. Like I, I, I watched mate, Thank you. I tell you what, one thing that blew my mind that no one everyone has forgotten that something you did is that uh that fucking palm spin gainer thing. <laughs> 
that's the that's the only thing people wrote for it seems mate, come on that was 10 mate, years that ago was man. awesome and i rewatched it i was like whoa and you know like uh yeah props but like i i i don't know man like i think that yeah everybody's different you have to work out what what is working for your body um mm -hmm. you have to understand that there's limitations to your body you have to understand that you might need to ask for help you might need to ask for some from yeah. guidance about what what could work for your body um i think yeah, yeah so yeah. I, yeah it's a it's an interesting one it's a really interesting one and yeah okay but uh, please anyone listening and also you sam of course don't get me wrong i don't have anything against weight training i think it's really good and it's really important and i think that everyone should do it to a certain extent but i i don't think that people should wait for miraculous uh results or that is gonna make you jump better or you're landing strong stronger i think the it should be part of a program that includes a lot of decompression because parkour training is just putting stress and this all your joints becoming more and more like a squeezed and like i just feel like we need more of this release and this freedom because you know like if you go to a chiropractor he's gonna crack you open <laughs> if you're a parkour guy you're cracking all the time like, tuck, tuck, everything your ankles your knees your hips your back everything is cracking and there's all this tension of your of gravity and of your jump and i feel like we just need to not focus so much on weight training but also focus on release mm. and be free and happy. I like that I like that I would and love to do some yoga with you sometime man <laughs> yes let's okay let's go for um tic-tac you know I get oh. I give you two options you take one okay I'm nervous let's go ready yeah coffee or tea tea 100% <laughs> walls or rails rails because I love flow but uh, I'm sorry walls yeah it's gotta be rails <laughs> Gymnastics or martial arts? Oh shit. Oh shit. Um I'm gonna go Oh, I've taken too long. Gymnastics? Oh gymnastics. <laughs> Cat pass or lazy vault? Cat pass. The Don. It's the Don. <laughs> B thirteen or Yamakazi? Oh B thirteen all the way. Yes. <laughs> so David Bell or Sebastian Foucault? Oh, that's 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 a horrible question. Uh, I'm gonna <laughs> say I'm gonna say Sebastian, Sebastian, because Casino Royale helped me get into parkour. So Sebastian, <laughs> let's go. And because he's part of the community, of course. For me, I always <laughs> expect people to say Sebastian. But some people say David Bell, and I'm like, bro, this guy disappeared. He abandoned us. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Sebastian is still out there going to train on the spots, laughing and being funny and nice. Yeah. Uh, uh, Ilabaka and Vorslav? I was thinking about this. Um, I'm actually going to say Vorslav because, can I say a couple of reasons? Yeah. Very quickly. First one, because without seeing Davint's clan, the OG Russian climber video, I would not have then seen, I wouldn't have got into parkour and I wouldn't mm -hmm. have then seen Daniel Obako who is like my fucking idol yeah. so uh I've got to say Vorslav yeah, yeah. yeah Vorslav man yeah, yeah, yeah he has a lot of value man that's why I still ask this question to every guest on swapping yeah. shoes because most part of people say Labaka but Vorslav was the Russian climber man his video was there before yeah, the, the British uh, wave 
so mm-hmm. and he has mm-hmm. a lot of time and he's still like moving around he's a cool dude and of course it's not a competition you know this there's no like who is best Labaco versus like yeah of course it's just a of course like a kind of funny intrigue <laughs> it is it's interesting <laughs> Um, yeah okay yeah man all right sam thanks man it was a pleasure talking to you oh obrigado obrigado um, it's, it's so nice so nice <laughs> thanks for sharing a lot of valuable uh, insights and thanks for telling some stories and uh, i'm gonna have a coffee and then we're gonna go to a parkour coach companion right yeah yeah I mean, this is cool isn't it we're gonna swap over and uh, <laughs> yeah awesome Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate it, man. Really no worries. It. Do you want to say anything to uh, Swapping Shoes listeners about your podcast? Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, so if you're interested in coaching, if you're interested in maybe more like parkour research, parkour principles, um, and maybe some, some, some lesser known but very, very interesting people, then, yeah, go and, go and check out Parkour Coach Companion. Um on, on Spotify, it's on YouTube. Uh, I'm going to have Louise on now, which is which is great. I'm going to ask him loads of very tricky questions. And uh, my, my idea is that I want to, if you ask the right questions, you can get some magic out of people's brains. And that's what I'm really trying to do with, with Parkour Coach Companions. Nice. So um, that's my that's my plug. It's also on YouTube as well, um, but that gets like 20 views. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, uh, but it's okay. It's there it's forever. It's there yes. forever, man. That's beautiful. Yeah, everyone man, yeah. and everyone can just go and see. Come on, so people just get there and see. It's beautiful, wonderful job that you're doing to the parkour community. Thank you very much. Really nice. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right. Talk soon, Sam. All the best. Ciao, ciao. See you in a bit. See you later. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for joining. Don't forget to follow the link in the description to listen to my turn being interviewed interesting and guys i'm sorry about the talk about the weightlifting you know like I, I i really believe that it works but as i said i hope that you know it's part of a, a program that includes also stretching and uh, resting and being agile not only strong but you know you do what you want what makes you happy <laughs> sorry <laughs> uh, have a great weekend and i see you next week ciao ciao